Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, today uh, we're going to talk about a subject that's really important. We're going to talk about feeding your mind. And and you might be saying, okay, well, what does that have to do with what we've been talking about, George, with the struggle for joy and with the whole issue of um, pursuing godliness in my life and hanging on? And what does feeding my mind have to do with any of that? Because for so many of us, to be honest with you, don't really give any thought to it. In fact, I've got three three thoughts I want to give you. Actually, two thoughts that I want to give you that really are important for us. Because to be honest with you, most of us, and I include myself, we operate in ignorance about how important it is concerning what we feed our minds with. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. We're, we're just plain ignorant. And you say, well, I'm not. Well, you might be surprised. Because we live in a world, just to be honest with you, today we live in a world, does everybody recognize that you are constantly being bombarded with information? Do you recognize that? It used to be we just had simple things that bombarded our mind, the radio or, or the TV, okay? And, and how many of you can remember that the only news you got on the TV was Walter Cronkite and the other two stations, if you could get those, in the afternoon for 30 minutes. You had the local news for 30 minutes, and then you had Walter on, okay, who was then replaced by Dan in the 70s. And and that was it for news. Do, do you remember that? And the newspaper. But now you're constantly being bombarded with images everywhere. In fact, have you noticed now that it, you go to some places, the billboard isn't just one screen, it switches on you. They're electronic, and so you see five billboards at one time while you're waiting in traffic. And so your, your phone is constantly giving you images, the Internet, the everything. is you're, We're constantly being bombarded with information. Now, that information, whether you realize it or not, affects you. And it's going to affect your spiritual life, which is really tied into the whole issue of the struggle for joy. Because I, I'm, going to, I'm going to propose to you that sometimes maybe the reason why we struggle in our Christian lives is because of what we feed our minds with. Did you hear what I said? That sometimes the reason why we struggle in our Christian lives and in our walk with Christ, and the reason why we don't have any joy in Christ is because of what we feed our minds with. And so I've got two points I want to make here, and I think they're very important. First of all, we deceive ourselves concerning what we input into our minds. We deceive ourselves concerning what we input into our minds. We deceive ourselves. I mean, if you ask the normal people, normal person, and you might raise a question like, are you sure you want to watch? Oh, I can handle it. Have you heard that one? I can handle it. I can handle that. 
you, you hear that statement that may be an attitude that we have. Oh, oh yeah, you know, yeah, maybe, but you know what? This is the real world, George, and so I can handle that. Really? Can you? Can you handle it? I'm not asking you for sure. I want you to think about it. Can you handle it? What is, what is the outcome of your decision there with what you're inputting into your mind? Did you understand what I'm saying? Is If you're constantly bombarding yourself with stuff, it's going to affect you. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Remember I told you that news used to be used to be just 30 minutes. Remember that? Now, how much news can you get? A whole day. Now, I found it interesting. How many of you have ever... I think most of us have been in nursing homes, have we not, to visit loved ones and stuff? And in certain... If you go into a nursing home... Have you noticed that the TV, what they don't put, what they don't put on the news, excuse me, they don't put news on the TV there. They don't switch to the news channel in a nursing home. Have you noticed that? Never will you see that they're watching CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. Not, they're not, you go to a nursing home, it is not on those three stations. Can you, can anybody tell you why? Have you figured out why? Huh? Yeah, it affects the residents. It affects the residents. Because of the constant bombardment, because let me ask, let me ask you a question, is news positive or negative? Negative. So if you're constantly being bombarded with negativity, that affects you. In fact, I've noticed that with people. You know, I used to listen to talk radio all the time. I have. I, I can sit here and say I, I'm, I'm. I've weaned myself from that. I don't listen anymore. And can I tell you something? I noticed a change. I became less negative, less worried about stuff. And usually, when I find somebody and they get so upset about how the nation is going, and so worked up about this, and they're so worked up about that. Usually, if you ask them, well, what are you listening to lately? They'll go off and name, well, I'm listening to CNN, or I'm watching Fox News, or I'm listening to this guy on the radio, or that guy on the radio, or I'm watching this show, and I'm watching him, and this, and this. And you, all of a sudden, you begin to realize that what they're doing is that they're constantly bombarding themselves with what? Negative information. And it's affecting them, isn't it? It's affecting them. So how are the Steelers doing? Oh, they're doing great, but would you believe what Washington's doing? And they're not talking about the Redskins. Can't believe what Harrisburg's doing. Hello? Nothing's changed in 200 years. You're just more aware of it, and maybe we shouldn't be. Because of the negative effect of us. So the first thing is out of our ignorance is we deceive ourselves concerning what we input into our minds. And here's the other problem. Any caution concerning what we think about is not legalism. Any caution about what we think about is not legalism. Now what I mean by that is this. Because you can sit here and you say immediately, you know, okay, George, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but that's just... Legalism. You're trying to impose on me 
some sort of rule structure, and I have freedom in Jesus, and 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 and, and your concern about what we input in our minds—that's good, but that's just legalism. Any caution about that? And I agree, there was legalism in the past. You know, in the legalism in the past, I remember very clearly you weren't allowed to go to movie theaters. But here's the thing, though. We could look at a story like that and say, well, I have freedom, I can do whatever I want because I don't want to be bound by legalism. No, my friends, what you're talking about is the opposite of legalism, which is license. So when we talk about caution about what you're thinking about, and that's what we're going to be talking about as we look at what Paul is saying here. We're not talking about legalism. We're not talking about license, going to one of those two extremes. We're going to talk about responsibility. You are responsible for what you put in your mind. And maybe part of the struggle that we have in our walk with Jesus has to do with what? what we're inputting into our minds. So I want you to notice, we're going to look at two verses here today. We're going to look at verse 4, excuse me, verse 8 of chapter 4, and verse 9. Look at what he writes. Finally, brethren, so he's kind of ending his discussion about this whole issue of persevering, about this whole issue of striving on for Jesus. Look at what he says. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You can also use the word think. Meditate or think on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Well, we can take these two verses, and what we're going to do is we're going to divide them into two sections. We're going to look at verse 8, and it's going to be the call to refocus. You and I need to refocus what we're filling our minds with. You and I need to refocus what we're inputting into our minds. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to have a better attitude, and we're going to look at some things that he's going to tell us here. And then we're going to see the call to action. What am I going to do about that? So we're going to look at what we see, and we're going to see a test. We're going to see a test that you can apply to your life that's very practical about what you're inputting into your mind. About whether or not you're going to continue to listen to that radio show, or whether or not you're going to turn a certain program off on the TV. Not because you're being legalistic, but because you are concerned about what you're feeding your mind with. For the journey that you have. So let's look. Let's talk about the call to refocus. Number one, the first thing I want you to see here is this. Look at what he says. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue in anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Here's what I want you to see. First thing I want you to notice is you need to recognize that what you think about is important. What you think about is important. What you go throughout the day contemplating is important. Okay? It's important. Here's the other thing. 
recognize the connection between your thoughts and your actions. Recognize that there is a connection between what you think and what you do. Do you you understand what I'm saying? The center of your actions, the center of your life, according to Jewish and old New Testament Christian thinking, is is that out of the abundance of your heart, out of the abundance of your mind, you're going to act. You're going to respond to things. Do you understand? It's not just, it doesn't even have to be just an intentional act. It could be just simply a response. And the why, the reason why you're responding the way you're responding is because you've conditioned your mind with a certain type of thinking. Did you understand what I'm saying? So you have to do something about that. And so the, the first thing you need to do is, is you've got to recognize that there is a connection. Now that's the problem, isn't it? Is because in our world we try to say that there is no connection between actions and what we input in our mind. Isn't that right? We try to say that there's no connections. But the reality is, is I mean, do you guys realize how powerful media is? Visual images stimulate. Musical sound stimulates. Now, we're not going to get into the old 20-year-ago argument about what you listen to and whether or not that affects you. I'm not going to talk about that because I'm a he- I am like heavy metal. I like classic rock, okay? So I'm not going to talk about that. Nothing's changed. My playlist isn't going to change on my iPhone, okay? But I do need to be what? thinking about what they're saying. Do you know what I'm saying? I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm 48 years old. 30 years ago, what's now considered classic rock was rock. All right? And I remember just loving these songs and just enjoying the songs. and just. I, I mean, I had... Back then it was cassettes, folks, not CDs. I had cases of cassettes. George would take his money. I wish I had that money now. Okay? And a cassette back then was six bucks. All right? This is the early 80s. And I'd buy all these cassettes, and I had a cassette player in my car, and, and it was st- Jensen speakers and everything. So, you know, I, I'd have, and I'd be listening to my music, and I enjoyed my music. Now, here's what's happened. I'm listening to the same songs now, and I'm like, why did I enjoy that? I'll tell you why I enjoyed it. The music was good, and I listened to the music, but I never paid attention to the words. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And as I get older now, because I know the music so well, I'm starting to listen to the words, and I'm thinking, ooh, I don't agree with that. Ooh, that's not good. Ooh, that stirs up emotions. Ooh, I'm not wanting to drive the speed limit anymore. I mean, you can't put Sammy Hager in, can't drive 55, and expect to go to speed limit, okay? Do you know what I'm saying? Our minds are filters for our actions. And you've got to recognize, listen, you've got to recognize, you can't downplay it. 
You've got to recognize the connection. So let me just stop for a moment. Is it possible that the reason why you're grumpy when you come home at night and short and snappy with people is because you've been listening to negative stuff all day, so negativity is just going to flow out of you and continue to flow out of you? Do you think there's a connection? It's important what we put our minds on. Here's the other thing he says. We need to saturate our minds with what is good and pure. We need to saturate our minds with what is good and pure. And look at the list he gives here. I think it's amazing what he says there. Look at he, he just goes through a list here. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. You need to saturate your mind with these type of things. And then he gives us a criterion to determine what you should be inputting into your mind. So if you want to write these two down, they're right there in verse 8. Look with me. If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, those are the two things. So you've got to ask yourself a question. Is what I'm listening to fit into these two things? Is there any virtue in listening to what I'm listening to? Is there anything praiseworthy about what I'm watching or listening to? Do you understand what I'm saying? If you would just simply start asking those two questions, it will change what you input into your mind. Now, let me just stop for a moment. I need to clarify this so that you understand. I want everybody to look around the room here, look at everybody here, just kind of eyeball everybody. I know it's going to make some of you feel uncomfortable, but I want everybody to just kind of eye- make sure you eyeball everybody here, okay? Everybody eyeballing everybody? Okay. All right. Now, okay, did you notice we don't all look alike? Brad says, thank goodness. <laughs> they were saying that too, Brad, when they looked down here. I know, okay. All right. So, have you noticed we all, all look alike? I mean, you might have a beard. Everybody might have got a few folks here who've got a beard or trying to grow a beard. You notice that their beards aren't even alike? Okay? Have you noticed that even in the family that you're from, there might be some resemblance, but you're not alike? All right, let me just stop. I'm going to tell you something. Each one of you is different. We all recognize that, right? Now, when it comes to these two questions, what has virtue and what is praiseworthy, that's going to be different for each one of you. You need to write that down. You've got to remember that. When it comes to the issue of what is praiseworthy and what is virtuous, as far as what you're going to put in your mind, that's going to be different for each and every one of you. And when it becomes legalism is when I make my standard of virtue and praiseworthy the standard for the rest of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? The principle, the principle is, is that I need to judge what I'm inputting into my mind with the standard, is this virtuous for me? Is this praiseworthy for me? That's the standard. But when I impose my standard on you, that becomes legalism. Does everybody understand that? Because each one of you is different. Each one of you is at a different place in your life. Each one of you is a product of your own experiences. And so for some one person, it may not be good for that person, but for the other person, it's not an issue. Does everybody understand? So the greater principle 
is that I saturate my mind with what is virtuous and what is praiseworthy for my life. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the issue. So for some dude, years ago, he couldn't handle going to the movie house. Some preacher. So he decided, for the rest of you, you shouldn't go either. That's legalism. But what you need to do is look at what. What is it for you that you know that I'm what I'm watching or listening to is not virtuous for me? You know what? I don't even have to tell you. You already know. For you, you know you've got to shut something down. The other thing, what is it that's praiseworthy? And then you deal with it. You deal with it. You know, I'll give you a personal testimony here. I I do love rock music. I'll just be honest with you. If you want to leave because of that, I'm sorry, but that's just George, okay? And and I love name that tune in the house. Play some song. I can usually figure out, I can usually know from my who it is that's playing old music, not new music. I can usually, from the 80s and the 70s, tell you who it is, okay? kids. My kids, Lori, laugh at me because of that, okay? And so I did have on my iPhone lots of different groups that I enjoyed listening to. But here's what I had to came to the conclusion. I had to remove some of them off of my iPhone. Because while I enjoyed the music, it was having a negative effect on me. So here's what I did. I thought, it's not that important for me to be able to listen to it. It's more important for me to walk with God. And to be what he wants me to be. So I eliminated them off of my phone. Because I couldn't handle it. Did you understand what I'm saying? Now, you notice the next Sunday I didn't get up there. You folks can't listen to this music. No, because that's legalism. We're not talking about legalism here. We're talking about what are you putting into your mind and you know how it affects you and you need to saturate your mind with what's good. Do you understand what I'm saying? You need to saturate your mind with what's good and what's pure. Why? Here's the next point of this section. There is a connection between your spiritual life and your thought life. Understand that. There is a connection between your spiritual life and your thought life. This is so important that you understand this. This is not just, where did you pull that out of the hat in that verse, George? You have to understand, I didn't pull it out of the hat. It is a theme that runs through the New Testament. What do you mean? Go all the way, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says this. Be not conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will be able to prove what is the good and acceptable will of God. Some of you are here and you're saying, I really want to know what God wants for my life. I really want to know what His will is in this situation. Have you thought maybe you need to turn off what you're filtering into your mind so you can hear His voice? Because there's a connection between your spiritual life and what you feed your mind with. Maybe you're crowding out the still small voice of God in your life. 
because you're flowing in all this other stuff. That's where that's really the reason why I had to take those things out of my playlist because it was clouding out what God was trying to say to me. Do you know what I'm saying? What are you feeding your mind with? And recognize the Bible continually talks about what? Getting control of your mind, renewing your mind. So there's a call to refocus. So then here's what he tells us to do with it. We see it in verse 9. Look at what he says there again. These things which you have learned and you received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Here's what I want you to see. Number one, he's telling us to act upon what you have learned. Act upon it. What do you mean what we've learned, George? Look at what he says there. These things which you have heard, which you have seen in my life, he says. What's he talking about there? The things that I've taught you, the things that you have seen by my example, the Apostle Paul says. These things you need to do. Basically for us, because he's not here, his teaching, his word, that's what you renew your mind with, and then you act upon it. So many of us are just acting, whether we realize it or not, just by impulse about all the other stuff that we put into our minds. Isn't that true? Sometimes it's just reactive on our part. We need to consider. Consider what it is that's going going through our minds. And here's, here's what he tells us. When I do this, when I am, am focused on feeding my minds with the right things and I am acting upon that, here's what he tells us. And isn't this what we're striving for in our life? God's peace will be with you. God's peace will be with you. Isn't that what we're wanting? Isn't that what we're wanting? I mean, you think about it. I mean, just a simple test. If you just think about your life and you think about the days in which you just got constantly bombarded with negativity, negativity, whether it was some news reports of what's going on around the world or news that you were hearing in your family unit or songs that you were listening to that day. Music is powerful. Don't you realize that? I'm not going to be legalistic about it, but you need to understand that music is a powerful vehicle. And you think about those days when you were being constantly bombarded with negativity. What were you like then? You don't need to tell me. I can almost guess. Because I know how I am. Because I become part of the bear family. You know, there's grizzly, black bear, brown bear, and George. Now, there's no hunting season on George now, okay? All right? But I can usually go back and I can usually trace what were the things that I was filtering into my mind that day. And I can tell you right now, there was no peace. Isn't that what we want? Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, nothing this world has to offer you, nothing that this world has to offer you will bring you a peace that surpasses all understanding. 
Act upon what you know. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.